Hey, this is Jewel Bejavarpu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you want to learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarpu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my friends. How are y'all doing today? I am doing so good. Today is actually my birthday, which is super exciting because I have my client, Andrea Bishop, on the podcast today, and you are going to love her. Andrea is amazing. We've been doing coaching now for about 12 weeks, one-on-one. So that's like 60 minutes or um, every single week we chat and we talk about all the things, all the things, fertility, all the things life related. And she's just going to share a little bit about her experience with coaching. So you can kind of get like an inside look and view on what it is like to work with me one-on-one and what coaching can do for you in your life potentially. So Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Hello, what an introduction. And uh, yeah, just to say, I did not realize until five minutes ago, it was your birthday. So um, I feel very privileged that you are spending some of your birthday time um, with me um, to record this. So um, yeah, hope it's fun. Uh, Also lovely introduction. Thank you. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So uh, as you said, my name's Andrea. I'm 36. And as you've probably been able to tell from what sounds to me like a really posh English accent. Um, yeah, I live um, in the UK. I live in Devon, um, in the south of the UK, um, in the countryside. Um, I live with my husband um, and uh, we have a cat. And within the last couple of months, we have also bought a puppy uh, called Scylla. So uh, life has suddenly got um, quite busy. Um, I think it's I'm... so funny because I like everyone's like COVID babies, COVID babies, and we're like COVID puppies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's be real. Have, yeah, we have ticked. We feel a bit funny. We've ticked quite a lot of um, COVID. We we managed to move house. My husband changed jobs. We bought a van. We adopted a cat. And we got a puppy. So we sort of just feel like we're ticking um, all, all of the things, obviously, apart from the uh, cozy baby. Um, but yeah, well, I'm 30. Oh, sorry. We're all, we're, we're, you're working on that COVID baby. <laughs> we are working on the COVID baby. Um, yeah, I'm 36. I'm an ex-journalist, um, but I now work for um, a charity in PR. And at the moment in the UK, um, as we're speaking, we're still in lockdown. So I've been working for the last, goodness, year and a half, I think, from home, um, which I'm actually really enjoying. Oh, yeah. Working from home is kind of like the best thing to come out of COVID, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Yes. So tell us about your fertility journey thus far. Okay. Uh, I will tell you in a nutshell, um, I guess. Uh kind of a pretty much the standard story uh you know get married then start trying for a baby uh both my sisters had um 
children uh, got pregnant within you know months um of getting married and I I remember my mum I'm one of four girls actually and I remember my mum saying when we were much younger you know oh if you're anything like me and your father you get pregnant just looking at each other <laughs> and she said, she said <laughs> to me honestly like growing up um so yeah, I, maybe I had that in my mind. Both my sisters got pregnant, you know, within I think three months maximum. Um, so I hadn't sort of really thought that it was going to be a problem. Um, and obviously, I'm not sure. Definitely over here in the UK, and you know, um, sex education in school is uh, again oh, yeah. it's that that message of you look at someone and you will get pregnant. So do keep away from boys. Um, that is so not, funny. I'm glad it hasn't. I'm glad it's still over the seas. We're still getting the same message as the United States yeah. as well. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> I had just, and um, I hadn't really got any friends that experienced problems. Um, so um, yeah, was not expecting to experience problems. Actually, got pregnant um, in within about six months of trying. Um, so brilliant. Um, uh, but. Uh, I had a miscarriage then uh, very early on at about six weeks. Um, mm. But obviously then people also say to me, you know, the good thing is that you got pregnant, so you obviously can. And and obviously that was us trying for six months. So it was kind of um, like, yeah, okay, you know, this is yeah. not yeah. great, but, you know, let's carry on. Um, and that was just over 18 months ago. Um, so, and, and, and nada since, unfortunately. So, um, I guess it's just a bit strange, isn't it? I feel like it's strange we've got pregnant, you know, in the first six months and then a year and a half later, um, just nothing. Um, we, we started, um, over here in the UK, we've got the NHS. So, um, that's national health service. Um, so that is paid for. So about a year ago, after we'd been trying for a year, um, we got referred to the NHS. Um, we had all the standard, um, standard checks, etc. um, both fine for us. Um, so we then started on a journey with the NHS, um, in their system um, for assisted conception. We are still on our journey with the NHS in their system uh, for concepted, uh, for help uh, with conception. So a year on, um, gosh, I had a telephone call this morning, actually. Um, a year on, I am at the point of having telephone calls um, and have a meeting with the nurse in a couple of weeks, but we're not sort of physically anywhere. Um, and about, I think it was, it was actually less than three months ago, um, it, it all just came to a head, to be honest. And I just could mm. not keep waiting the um, copious amount of friends, um, relatives, all the pregnancy announcements. Um, it was just, you know, really, really getting to me. Um, so on the day that a, another friend of mine told me she was pregnant with her fourth child, I then happened to get my period and I said to my husband, screw this. We we have to just pay. I cannot keep waiting in this queue because mm -hmm. my head is not enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, we made the decision to pay privately um, for IVF. Um, I phoned up that morning when I got my period and within three weeks I was on the birth control. And um, yes, I have now had IVF. Um, and I am one week into um, my two-week wait um, as we record. Yes, 
It was just like <laughs> so exciting. And like, I like, I feel like Andrea, like this process of deciding to like, not only like, ditch the NHS, but like, be like, okay, put the NHS on hold. We're going private. We're going to pay for it. And like, it happened so fast. Like we made, like you made that decision. We did a lot of coaching on it. Like made that decision. And now like you had your retrieval, you've had your transfer, you're in the two week wait. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah, it it does feel crazy. I spoke to a friend today and she said, I can't, she said, it's been a whirlwind for me, let alone you. Um, I think, I think, um, and we spoke about it so much, Jewel. I think I talked about it and talked about it and wondered about it and didn't know whether to do it or not so much. So when I finally made that decision that morning, when I got my period, my friend told me about her pregnancy, it was just like, uh, you know, obviously it was in the back of my mind, but I was like, this is it. This is a sign. I just have to do this. Um, and yeah, from, from kind of, I guess sometimes it's like when you make that decision, then I felt so much lighter, so much brighter. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I am very much a person that needs to be doing something researching something feeling like I'm trying to push this on feeling like I'm doing everything I can um so I think signing up for the private and you know we're lucky enough um you know to have kind of been given some money to do it and using our savings to do it um you know I know not everyone is able to do that and it's bloody expensive um but yeah, I feel like when we, once we made that decision, it, it's just all gone really quickly. And um, yeah, I have just felt so much better for for doing something, I suppose, for feeling yeah. like we're doing something, feeling like we're helping. And and the bizarre thing is, I've, hard, I've not really, I'm not even massively now, thinking about the end goal which is you know those two lines however they look um on a pregnancy test and having a baby I it, it's just being in this journey because you know so many people don't know that there might be issues with their body problems with them until you get into the real nitty-gritty of IVF and the real checks you know you can have the basic checks but you don't know until you really get into it and I think yeah, I think for me, it just felt really positive to get on a journey to at least trying to see what the issues were. Even if the process doesn't work this time, you know, never works. At least we're now a step closer to sort of finding out why it's been so long, um, you know, not working. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such a powerful, like, reframe of our thoughts to being like, and I think, and I, and when we've talked about this in coaching for sure, it's just, and I feel the same way. It's just very much like, yeah, this IVF journey is like, no matter what happens, like we are like five steps ahead. Like we're getting so much more information, you know, we're figuring out what's going on at a, like a deeper level besides just like the blood work and this and all that kind of stuff. So that's so exciting. And I think I can, I remember when you told me about making this decision, I could feel like how more aligned you were and how like just that kind of sense of relief and sense of trust and sense of like, um, just like that calm, I think mm. once you made this decision and then just start, just things just started falling into place afterwards. Yeah. And I think, I think I always sort of knew, and I always sort always sort of had these 
specific dates in my head of if it hasn't happened by then, if the NHS hasn't happened by then. I think I was always too scared to to say them, to admit them, um, you know, because we are, I think a lot of my thought was, we are so lucky in the UK to have the NHS, you know, um, helping us out, you know, uh, our national health uh, service. We're so lucky here. A big part of me felt guilty for not using that, not be appreciating what we have, uh, not appreciating how hard the people in the, the NHS work and sort of, I don't know, I, I felt really, I really just wanted to honour the NHS and how lucky we are to have it. And and I think for me, that was the biggest thing. I just didn't want to sort of have that, you know, you know, if it's taking too long, we'll just do it ourselves and throw money at it. I hated that attitude. Um, and we did quite a lot of work. And I think, but I think in the end for me, um, it took a long time to decide that, but it, it was just the best decision um and, and actually strangely I had a call from the NHS today um how it works in the UK is just because you could be in private it doesn't mean that your NHS place is not there so actually my NHS place is there um and if if in a week's time I get a negative result then great I'm still in the same place I'd always would have been for yeah. the NHS I'm now just lined up you know for the next treatment so um yeah, I feel really fortunate I made that decision. It was it was it was hard to do and I know we we did a little bit of coaching because when I was telling people that um we'd made that decision, I was defending myself. I was justifying it. I was telling people far too much about our entire journey and you were like, "Why are you telling everyone like <laughs> that, that like you're going for it for you're paying for it privately why do you feel like you have to justify it to everyone why are you telling everyone can't you just say we're having private private IVF this is really positive we'll start next month I'll let you know you know why can you not just say it you don't have to um justify your thoughts to everyone um and yeah that was that was really interesting for me because I think probably in life I always do try and justify why it's the right decision you know and actually, it's my life. I, I don't need to do that. I just need to be happy with what, you know, we have a cu- as a couple have um, decided. Yeah. And I think that was like a big turning point in the coaching is like when you were like, oh, wait, like, that, like, I don't have to tell people why. I don't have to justify it. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to like, people can think whatever they want to think about me going private, but I know it's the right decision for me and like where I'm at. And like having that like, building that trust in yourself and like you did it like you built that trust in yourself and I think I remember when you telling me like afterwards you're like oh yeah like now it's like no big deal people are asking me and I'm just like yep this is what's happening (laughs) yeah the reality is no one really cared Um, so I was probably just boring them to tears with um with my justification so um sorry friends and family for boring you but um yeah that was that was um something really useful. Yeah. Well, let's like kind of like talk about like what are like why did you decide to hire a fertility coach in the first place? And like what are maybe like the top 3 things or the most powerful things you kind of took away from coaching? Like concepts, aha moments, experiences, really like anything that you felt like yes, this was super helpful for me. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether this is the thing to say, but um, I wasn't meaning to hire a fertility coach in any way, shape or form. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, not. Not, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's helpful for you. I wasn't meaning to hire anyone. I was on Facebook um, at some point when I was definitely at my lowest. Um, I was on Facebook and probably a paid for ad by you came up. And I think it was a, I don't know, hour webinar to talk about, it. you know, are you struggling with infertility? Do you feel like A, B and C come for a free hour? And I thought, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll go. Um, and, and I was doing, I, I, list, I, I, I put the webinar on and I was doing stuff at the time. And, and I was like, oh, God, what, what, what this girl is saying, this American lady is saying, <laughs> was just like really resonating with me, really resonating. I remember I stopped whatever I was faffing around with and just sat there and listened. I think I might have recorded a bit of it. Sorry, I don't know whether that's legal. Uh, totally I, I fine. I do. <laughs> I recorded a bit because I was like, I need to listen to this again because it's really striking home with me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I listened to your hour session and I was like, wow. Um, and yeah, just really resonated. I think then you maybe emailed and said, look, if anyone wants to, you know, have a catch up, I think it was a free one-to-one after this to mm-hmm. chat about it. Um, what, what have I got to lose? We were in lockdown. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll meet this American lady. Why not? Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm the American lady. <laughs> I just feel like such a posh English person. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, we had our hour chat. and uh, No, sorry. I think it was a half an hour chat. And uh, yeah, we just, I felt like we were so really similar. We're similar ages. We were at similar points in our journey. Um, everything you were saying was just like, oh my gosh, yes, that's how I'm feeling. Yes, that's how I'm feeling. And I just kind of came off that call. Um, and yeah, I spoke to a couple of friends. Um, you know, I felt a bit crazy saying, I went on Facebook, I saw an ad from a lady in America. I'm now about to give her a load of money to you know, uh, for online course, you know, an online course, I was like, yeah, that it's not really me. It's not within my family's culture. Um, I think I did tell my family, um, but yeah, you know, that's just not really a thing that, you know, I would have normally ordinarily done at that point though, I was really low and yeah, I was prepared to use my savings um, and try and do something else because what I was doing was not working and how I was feeling was not great. And, you know, I, I joked to people and I was like, if, if I'm spending all this money just paying this poor girl just to be my friend for an hour a week, then so what? Do you know what I mean? So what if I'm doing that? And, you know, I... I needed someone else to talk to. Um, I felt like, I, and my friends are amazing. They've all been brilliant. Um, I felt like I bored my friends. Every time I spoke to them, I whinged on about the same things. And I just got to the point where I thought, God, I'm boring myself. I literally was boring myself. And I was like, I can't keep boring my friends like this. And, it, and it's funny, but I don't know. I suppose stuff in the week. I would almost save up for our Monday night chats because I'm like, oh, I don't need to tell anyone else about that because I know that I, get, you know, 
I am paying Jewel to listen to me. And if she is going to listen to me ramble for an hour, you know, then so be it. And so, you know, some of the time you did, but it was knowing that, yeah, I had an outlet on a Monday night that I could, um, you know, speak to someone and, you know, you knew what I was talking about. Um, and, and yeah, to me, that was just, something that you know I I really needed and we you know we often used um fiber in the week or emails you know if stuff was other stuff was kicking off if I really needed to speak to you about something I knew that there was Mm. someone there in the week you know someone there I I remember messaging on fiber right at the beginning once I was um at the seaside and I'd just come on my period again and I'm you know I wouldn't have normally text a normal friend just going, I've just come on my period. (laughs) But hey, I knew that it was cool to text you because you knew how I would feel. And I remember stood there by these railings at the beach texting you saying, I'm on my period, I'm so sad. You know, you luckily I got you at the right time. You messaged straight back. You validated that I was upset. You told me it was fine that I was upset and you just kind of asked me some questions coached me through it and um yeah so I I, yeah I hadn't realized when I signed up at the beginning or you know that maybe you'd be there in the week as well um and you know that's been invaluable um at times as well so I think yeah I needed someone to reframe the way I was feeling because I think when I came to you I was at my lowest um my best friend had just announced um she had unexpectedly got pregnant um she'd just started seeing someone and yeah within a month of sleeping together hey presto because it happens that easily and um you know it was a huge huge oh gosh I mean feeling sad even thinking about it but it was a huge (laughs) shock to me and of course, I was happy with her for her and all those things, but that just knocked me down. And um, and I think shortly after, another friend who I just really, 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 really wasn't expecting phoned me to tell me she was pregnant as well. Um, and this came off the back of oh my goodness, oh ten, ten, ten tens, you know, so many people, so many people in my family. Uh, so many people this last year um, have got pregnant and had babies in the time that we have been struggling, which I know is, um, you know, and I haven't even been, we haven't even been struggling that long. I, I completely accept that. Um, but I was really low. And at that point, it was around Christmas, I think. And I just yeah. didn't know how to feel okay. And I, I think I was also feeling really jealous, so jealous mm-hmm. of my friends. Um, particularly my best, those two friends. And I really didn't want to feel like that. I wanted to be happy for them. I wanted to be a good friend. I didn't even want to speak to them on the phone. Um, Both of them were amazing, but I did not like the person. I wasn't mean or anything, but I didn't like feeling like that. I I like to feel like a nice person and I hated feeling like that. And I really just needed someone to kind of, um, yeah, change the way I was thinking, um, which happily you have done yes thank you Andrea I think like I remember us chatting and like like for me like with all my one clients like and why I do these like strategy sessions these initial chats is like when you're working with anyone a therapist a coach 
like whoever, like you have to feel that connection and you have, like, you have to have that, like really like that connection. And I totally, I remember that chat with you, Andrea. And I was like, she's the best. Oh my gosh. She's (laughs) great. Like, I really, I was like, I really hope we can work together because like can totally help her. Like we got this, like I already felt that connection. I, and I just really like, as we were ending kind of our coaching um, sessions together, like, I really want to say that, like, yeah, like not only are like, we have that coach client relationship, but I think we also have like built a really good friendship as well, which is just something I think unique to coaching that you don't necessarily get in therapy um, or like other more professional relationships. But I think in coaching um, you do coaching is, is being a friend, but it's being that next level up friend, um, a friend who's non-judgmental, a friend who isn't going to give you their advice, a friend who isn't going to, who's really going to hold space for you and like, let you like, yeah, like, please text me that you got your period. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> I get what yeah. that means. Oh, yes. Thank you, Andrea. It's, yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I said, but if you wanted me to say, you know, the top three things I took away from coaching, the number one thing was definitely, definitely doing the, uh, doing the models. Um, can, you, can you explain to friends on the podcast, like what models are? Cause yes. I don't really talk. I don't, I don't really talk specifically about models. That's kind of like my one-on-one coaching thing, but oh, okay. like, can you explain it. I guess looking at the model is looking at what's the circumstance. So the circumstance being, my best friend has just told me she's unexpectedly pregnant. So that's the circumstance. It's never going to change. Um, but the model is looking at my thoughts surrounding that. So when we first looked, you know, my thoughts were all so negative around that. So negative. And it's to do with uh, it's to do with how your thoughts and then make you feel and then how your feelings affect your actions um Mm -hmm. and you know how those actions affect the the entire rest of your day it's 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 sort of it's it's reframing your thoughts and it's it's understanding and I had never ever thought about anything like this I didn't do psychology it's not really my field um but never really thought about how your thoughts sort of cascade down I suppose yeah um and they, they are the central thing to really changing your whole attitude, your whole mood, your whole being about something. Um, I, I won't give away all your um, sort of secrets. No, 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 no. They're yeah. all they are all out there. So, but um, I think we we first of all looked at that one, which was the biggest one for me, and then we sort of looked at my thoughts around my best friend, and you know the the unintentional model, and you know how this just wasn't you know serving me at all because I was feeling so down and then we did um, an intentional model and then we looked at you know well what could I think rather than all of this jealousy um, and upset you know could I find you know could I be thinking that's really great news for you know for her I'm really happy for her or you, you know could I be thinking more positive things how just changing my thoughts towards her how will that change my whole feeling and how will that change how I'm acting? And um, yeah, we sort of, we, I remember you said to me, well, what could we think? And we did, we did an intentional one. And I said, I just 
I am not that positive. I cannot think that positively. And I think we then did one that was kind of in the middle as my yes. first one, because it was like, I can't be that sunshine and light because I am still feeling really sad. But we did one in the middle and then we changed it. And, um, you know, I think at the time you also made me question a lot of things. Um, you, We spoke, we did the model and then we spoke on email, I think, afterwards because I was doing some more models. And you, you were asking me questions like, you know, what difference would it make? If I said to you, you would get pregnant this year mm-hmm. and guaranteed how would that make you feel differently? Would that make you feel differently towards your friend? And it really surprised me because I was like, yeah, of course it would. That would really make me feel differently. You cannot (laughs) guarantee me this, unfortunately. Um, But just asking me that question, does that change my mind? You know, would that change my thoughts? And I I, I sort of realised that it would. Um, And you were sort of asking me lots of questions, you know, uh, you know, what are you making her pregnancy mean about you? Why are you making it mean that? And also, you know, what is a good friend to you? You really want to be a good friend to her. How can you be a good friend to her? So I think you kind of, yeah, I remember you bamboo, bamboo, uh, sorry, bombarding. That's the word. You were bamboozling me. You were bamboozling me and bombarding me. Um, but with lots of questions that were just making me think about my feelings and how, how I was feeling and how sort of making some changes could just make me feel um feel better and I, I think so I think that's 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 the main one um and I think I think the second one would be sitting with my um emotions and my thoughts mm-hmm. um yeah. I know there was a few times where you literally I'd start crying and you literally made me sit there and cry in front of you for uh, 15 20 minutes I mean that's pretty it's pretty out there really isn't it it's um <laughs> a little different but it works <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 up in my bedroom you know over the internet um it's pretty out there it's pretty intimidating but but actually then you know it, it was teaching me to sit with my emotions let my emotions out rather yeah. than keeping them in you know asking me what color the emotions were how they felt where in my body they were you know I never thought of stuff like that I just got sad or got mad or you know, angry or whatever. Um, so I think, I think sit, the second one would be probably be sitting with my emotions and and allowing time to um, feel my um, emotions um, yeah. was certainly something I um, I think think you taught me. You definitely got to see me being very vulnerable. I yeah, do, I, I, and that's like what, the coaching. I just want to like. Put like a little caveat there that like <laughs> we were, Andrea wasn't just crying for 15 minutes we were doing like as she was crying we were processing the emotion and feeling what it felt like in her body and because really what happens and this is why this is like one of my top three things I do with my clients for sure every single one because this is the most important thing I realized my journey is like once you can feel any emotion, once you can feel anger, grief, jealousy, disappointment, all of those things, then you're free because the worst thing that's ever going to happen is going to be an emotion that you feel a feel a sensation in your body. And when you realize, Oh, that's just a sensation in my body. And I can sit it and I can process it through my body instead of it, like getting all knotted in my stomach and staying there or like being cranky for the rest of the day, because you still have that emotion, that still frustration or anger, 
like pent up in your body. Cause like emotions are such a body bodily experience. And like when we can like have them come honor them and then leave our body as well. And like do that every single time. Like that's where the, that's where like all the power is. Like that's where all the control of your emotions. And you go from feeling on this emotional roller coaster of infertility to feeling like, yeah, like, of course I'm going to feel sadness and grief and doubt and anger and frustration and all those things, but I can handle it. And I think that's like that skill is what changes it from overwhelm to in control. Yeah. Okay, I think sorry. I just wanted to make sure that we were really clear on what was happening there. <laughs> it's not, not just sat there crying, although, you know, but that could happen too. And it's totally fine. Yeah. I think it's giving it that time as well, isn't it? And yeah. um, I think you know, when you're anger and stuff, um, you know, I can get quite angry or, you know, and I, I know there's certainly been times where I felt really emotional, angry, or upset. And I've just gone and sat in the living room and be like, okay, I need to process through why I'm feeling this and sit here and feel it rather than, for example, carry on doing the washing up while I'm feeling like this and smashing all the pans around and being really grumpy and awful to my husband is kind of giving a little bit of that time. And I think, um, you know, that the models and and the um, thinking about your thoughts, reframing thoughts is something I've really taken definitely into, into my life now in that, um you know there's been a few times where I've had you know upsetting news etc and I can think of one in particular really really upset um I know it was over lunchtime dinner time or something and my husband's like what are you doing and I was like I've got to go and do a model I've got to sit down and write all this down I've got to go and do this and reframe my thoughts because I'm not you know, I'm not going to cope with this. I've got to go and look at how I can look at this situation differently so I can be okay with it. And he was just like, okay. And I'm like, where's my laptop? Give me my laptop. I need to read it. And and I just had to go and sit in the living room and get my laptop and just, yeah, just process it and just think about, I guess I can be quite fly off the handle, you know, um, and doing the models and sitting with the emotions and stuff. Helps you slow down. Helps you slow. Yeah. Helps you slow down and think, um, you know, yeah. Think, think about how you're feeling. So, um, yeah. And one of the things I love about the model is just like, it opens your brain up to other possibilities. So, cause like we're in such tunnel vision, like when we have this one thought, we're like holding on to it, like a, like a wubba, like a little blankie or something. And we're like, (laughs) this is the thought I'm like, this is what's, you know, causing me and being like, oh, like slowly just like letting, like letting the death grip go on on some of those painful, <laughs> painful, painful thoughts that we have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think um, I think you asked me for three, so um, I yeah. should say the third. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Um, no, no, you go for it. I'm aware that I talk a lot, so um, you know, I don't want to use up all this time on your birthday. Uh, but I think the third thing um, was around manuals and manuals mm-hmm. being the you know, the, the, um, the instruction manual that comes with anything, you, you know, like it is a TV, um, you know, it will turn on, it will have sound, it will have nice color, etc. But in life, the manuals that we have for certain things, the manual, um, for example, for getting pregnant, you know, um, you, you know, of course, you know, the manual of you get married, 
you start trying for a few months um, and then you discover you're pregnant and then you have to go to a party and people notice you're not drinking and you know you have to lie and say you've got cystitis or something and, and people are asking you and, and you know and, and then you find it you know then you then you tell your parents and I, I don't even know I'm you know then you tell your parents in a certain way with a photograph or the scan and then you put the scan picture on you know online and then everyone you know all these kind of things about how it's going to happen and you know that's the manual and that's how I thought it would be lovely and you know thinking about how I wanted to tell my parents that kind of thing um people noticing telling people you know that's the manual that I wanted to happen that's the manual um for for getting pregnant that lots of people um you know want to happen um and I think something really valuable you taught me about was was manuals basically ripping basically ripping the manuals up and realizing that you know the manuals aren't always right they're not it's not always going to be how you expect it to be it can't always be how um you know you want it to be um so kind of looking at them and kind of accepting that for you your manual is going to be different I mean with IVF it's crazy isn't it you know Mm -hmm. Everyone now, if if anyone looked on the internet, they could work out when I'm going to be doing my pregnancy test because they know when I, you know, had the transfer, etc. You know, I'm trying to be slightly blasé and say, oh, a couple of weeks, you know, but but anyone can know if they look into it. And that's just not how I thought it was going to be at the end of the day. Um, so I think that that was something that was really useful Um as well just thinking about your manuals for things and and not just things like pregnancy your manuals for people um you know the manual thinking that you know my husband should be really good at DIY and he you know I don't know might like cleaning cars and putting the rubbish out they're all really gender stereotypes um (laughs) but do you know what I mean like there you know if I've put that in my manual that that's what my husband should be you know he never said that that's that that was his manual he never said that that's what he wanted to do that's just what you're expecting him because it's the expected um so I think yeah yeah that was useful to I don't know I guess I, I might have had some things in the past of getting mad at people because I expected them to act in a certain way and that's because I that's what I expected in the manual I had for them um and actually we can't always trust the manuals um so that that that's kind of proved useful and um, definitely in in a few cases. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's definitely like a big like a big one we talked about in like a lot of different situations, not just fertility. That you know that come up and we kind of uncovered like oh look at all these manuals that we have and and we have to constantly catch ourselves about these manuals too because like they the old ones we get over we're like oh yeah that's fine and then we have a new one pop up and we're like oh yeah there is the manual again. <laughs> Yeah, totally. You know, what we expect doesn't always happen. Yeah. And I think it just makes us like, how did you feel like with these three things? How have you felt like, you know, what what has changed, I guess? I think we're, we are close on time, but like, what do you think has like changed as far as like feelings or like who you are in our time of coaching for you? I think I turned up um and I was very sad I was quite jealous of lots of people and just generally feeling pretty black and pretty negative um so yeah within the three months um 
I feel like I'm a better friend to people. I'm, I'm hopefully a better wife. Um, I'm just much, you know, much happier. And I think I'm just, I'm more, would my husband agree? I'm more chilled, I think. No, I, I think I am. And I'm giving more time to um, thinking about my actions, thinking about my feelings. Um, and just giving more time to my to myself, really, and understanding how, my thoughts and everything about me sort of, you know, does have quite a good big bearing, you know, on, on the rest of your life and, you know, how you're living. Yeah, I 100% agree with those results. <laughs> I feel like, you know, from when we first talked till now, like, I do feel like, yeah, you feel like much more at calm, much more at peace. Like even just saying it from the beginning, when we talked about the beginning, like, hey, like no matter what happens, two lines or not in the next few weeks, like, I'm making progress. I have the NHS yes. lined up. Things are happening. I made these decisions. And like that alone is so, so, so powerful. So thank you so much, Andrea, for coming on the <laughs> podcast. And I just want to say it to everyone like publicly because Andrea is an amazing person. Like go be friends with her. She is wonderful. It was a wonderful client, wonderful friend, like put her heart and soul into this work. And, you know, that's just what I love about coaching and my job is like seeing people transform, seeing them put their heart and soul into it and like get it and do it and show up. Like you showed up very, it's very vulnerable to show up for coaching on the topic, like fertility. It's hard. It's not easy, but like you went hundred percent in. So thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you. And I couldn't big you up um, enough um, either. And I'm not just saying that um, because it's your birthday. But, <laughs> well, there but we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you no, so much. it's been great. Awesome. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a lovely day. If you love this podcast and if you have liked what you have heard so far, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review. Reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. If you want to take this work to a deeper level, then I have the perfect coaching program for you. Go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach Podcast. See you next time.